Welcome to Inside Today's Country, the show that gets the real stories from today's country stars, stories you haven't heard anywhere else. Your host is Tim Black. Tim has been on the radio interviewing the biggest stars in the business and discovering new talent for more than 20 years, and now in his very own podcast. Are you ready? Let's go Inside Today's Country. This week on Inside Today's Country, we welcome Bobby Wills to the podcast. He's got a brand new single all about washing your truck, so we'll talk about that. Plus, if he had an ultimate collaboration list, who would be on it? And Bobby tells us his first concert experience was... Van Halen in the Boston Garden. All that and more as we go Inside Today's Country with Bobby Wills next. Girl, you made me want to wash my truck, buy a new shirt and get a haircut, cruise up and down Welcome to another edition of Inside Today's Country, all the way from Calgary, Alberta. He's hanging out uh, at home with the family. It is Bobby Wills. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Uh, how are things going? Uh, summer is a little bit different. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the family and what are you guys doing uh, this summer to keep uh, everybody, you know, busy and so forth. Yeah, summer's been good. Um, you know, it's been nice to be able to get outside uh, since all this craziness started, so uh, we're enjoying the summer, lots of uh, bikes and, and uh, running around and, and time in the yard and all the rest of the things that you'd expect to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been pretty good. We've had a fair bit of thunderstorms and hail storms and all kinds of craziness here in Calgary. But uh, outside of that, it's been uh, really great and, now, and really good. Fam- now, how old are your kids? Well, that I have a 21-year-old, or sorry, 22-year-old, a 20-year-old and an 11-year-old. So the older two are sort of doing their own thing. We don't see that much. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with that one. My <laughs> my 21 year old is uh, is pretty much out the door. Uh, we see her regularly for lunch, but uh, yeah, she's yeah. Not, she's on her she's on her own. So I get where you're coming with that one. How are you keeping the 11 year old busy? Yeah, we are. She's she uh, we live in a in a cul de sac kind of a deal here. She's got a bunch of friends. So now that things have loosened up just a hair, she's able to go ride her bikes. And uh, so she's busy. She's starting to get to that age where she's out the door an awful lot, too, actually. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's sort of enjoyable um, to watch them grow up. Uh, We miss the older two sometimes and sometimes we're thankful that they're out and doing their own thing. I totally agree with you. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I totally can concur with that as well. You find sometimes when, uh, you know, when the kids are out the door, and you just sit down and realize that there's just two of you for dinner, and you're like, oh, so this is what the future is going to be like. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it's good and bad, isn't it? I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, part of me, part of me enjoys the the sort of the freedoms that that allows. But on the other hand, you sort of feel like uh, feel like the room is empty a little. So yeah. certainly can understand why that's a tough transition. Uh, having our kids spread out the way we did, we feel like we kind of we kind of got a little bit of a uh, a little longer run of mm-hmm. that feeling, which, which again has mixed, uh, mixed feelings some days. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Bobby Wills. How did you, uh, get into this whole country music thing? Uh, for those who don't know who you are. Oh man, that's a long story. I'll try to make it reasonable. Um, well, I grew up, yeah, <laughs> I grew up here in Calgary and, um, I'm an adopted kid. So, um, came to live with my parents around 18 months and, my uh, mom and dad are, are uh, country music fans. Actually, Southern Gospel is probably was probably my introduction to music. Oh, really? Uh, you know the gay, yeah, Gaithers and and uh, you know that kind of thing. And then of course there was the uh, you know the country music that sort of stood alongside that. Um, and so I grew up listening to that. And my my grandfather was a big fifties uh, uh, country fan. He listened to a lot of Hank Williams and and Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys and all that kind of stuff. And so. It was always around me, um, and as a teen, I really wanted to get into music, but I, I, I never really did. Our family wasn't particularly musical, um, and uh, really the only the con- only conduit to sing or do any of that kind of thing would have been church, and, and I was a little too shy in those days to do that, so I uh, just didn't really participate, um, but I always sort of thought I I had you know the ability to or, or hoped I did. Um, and, uh, I went to Australia and on a $20 bet, I got on stage with a band and sang a song and people reacted positively. So that was sort of the first, Hmm, maybe I should try this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, upon my return from Australia, I actually met my biological mother and father. Really? Um, and, yeah. And it was pretty neat and only to discover that, uh, there was a deep musical gene, uh, that ran through, um, the family tree, uh, for generations. And so, that was sort of the the combination of that sort of experience of getting on stage for the first time or or first few times as by the time we got home and uh, and meeting the family was sort of the the push that I needed. Uh, you know, country we always j- joke that country music was uh, nurture. You know, that's what I was raised with, um, mm-hmm. and you know, being musical was nature. Um, so that's how that happened. That's really wild. What a great story. Uh, what was it like being in Australia? Oh, I loved Australia. Um, I probably would still be there if it weren't for the bugs and the snakes. <laughs> I I've heard of that. The snakes are so, <laughs> there's snakes or something there. Man, I, I I can't say I ever saw anything uh, that was deadly. Um, they may have seen me, but I didn't see them. Um, but uh, you know, just the big spiders and stuff. Even the ones that are you know no problem were just just got to my head eventually, and uh, I just couldn't imagine myself living. Um, with that for the rest of my life being a you know western canadian boy i mean we barely have flies and, oh, and know, they're right? tiny the one have you know so you see these giant uh insects and so on and it was hard on my head i i i, I but i loved everything else about it i love the people right uh, i'm a beach guy love the beach um so calgary's not a great choice in that respect but um you know so australia was great and it was a real um i went when i was uh you know 20 years old and I lived there for a year and, um, you know, it was a big turning point in my life for, uh, for many reasons, uh, mm-hmm. not the least of which is music. Right. And country music is uh, apparently growing quite well in Australia as well. 
Yeah, when I was there, it was very, very small. Um, there really wasn't a lot of radio stations. I believe there was one in Brisbane, if my memory's correct, at that mm -hmm. time. Um, but the rest was very sort of underground. Um, Garth Brooks was just going at that time. Well, I guess he'd been going for a while at that time. And, and Tim McGraw and a few of those sort of bigger names had started to uh, show up in the record stores over there while I was there. Um, but it was really early days. And I understand now it's quite a scene. Now, if you go inland into the more agro um, centers of Australia, I think it's always been a little more dominant. But where I was, we didn't hear much. That's really cool. I hear a dog barking in the background. What kind of dog do you have? Yeah, we have two skipper keys. Yeah, skipper keys. They're Belgian. Uh, There's uh, sort of a uh, best way to describe them would be a very small Belgian shepherd. Okay. Wow. Yeah, they look a little a little like a uh, somewhere between a shepherd and a Pomeranian. They're about Pomeranian size, a little bit bigger than a Pomeranian. They're black, and then they have like the head of a shepherd. So nice. yeah, they're neat little dogs. You don't see them very often. So oh, I've never heard of them. And their names are? Luna and Timber. And they're bad, horrible, horrible dogs. <laughs> you don't love them at all. No, they're they're so spoiled, rotten, and, and poor, <laughs> poor behavior. It's ridiculous. I have my uh, I have my office mate sitting right down by my foot right now. My my cocker spaniel who who seems oh, to have yeah. who seems to have decided that the office is a uh, is a great place to hang out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. As they do, yeah. Yeah, so I have trouble getting a lot of space from them. I'm I'm in the basement. I've got a studio built here down in the basement and I and I typically uh hide down here from them and that's about the only respite I get otherwise they're at my feet all the time uh, I hear you let's talk about your new single the title is wash my truck all right there's got to be a story behind this well it's it's funny because I didn't actually write the song um and I typically uh don't cut songs I didn't write I mean it's been it's pretty rare that I yeah. do that um but my dad, when I was growing up, um, ran a Ford store here in town and always had a black uh, truck. And my mom always had a black Lincoln. Those were the cars in our garage at all times. Oh, wow. And, and on Sunday afternoons, my dad would wash his truck uh, and wash his truck and wash his truck and wax his <laughs> truck and polish. Did he have the whole gamut, like the chamois and all those things? Oh, man, he had it all. Still does. And um, so he would do this every Sunday afternoon, and then he would do my mom's car. And, you know, a lot of times they hadn't, you know, my mom's car hadn't even left the, you know, the the driveway more than a couple times and wasn't dirty from last week when he did it. Uh, and he would do it rain or shine. And it drove me nuts as a kid. I was like, what are you doing? And um, so fast forward to about 16 years old, and I asked to, um, you know, borrow the truck uh, to go on a date. And he oh. said, yeah, if you wash it. Yeah, you can if you wash it. And I was like, but you wash it all the time. Like, why do I need to wash it? Uh, and he made it very clear to me that it was extremely disrespectful to go on a date in a dirty truck. Uh, and that if I was going to use his truck, then I would comply with that understanding and that rule. Okay. Uh, and it always stuck with me. Uh, it, it, not that I am very good at cleaning my vehicles, uh, <laughs> but it, but the sentiment of, of that respect thing uh, always stuck with me. So when, when this song came across... Uh, Eric Dillon, who's a, the producer of the record, wrote this song with Troy Burgess and uh, Justin Weaver, uh, all three of which are, you know, have had monster songs in the last couple of years. And um, they sent it to me and I was, um, you know, immediately I was like, I, I'm not great at writing sort of the, the fun songs. I, I, I tend to be heavier than that. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they know that. So they're like, we need to find you a fun song. So they sent me this and it immediately connected to my life. And I was like, well, there it is, boys. That's the one. <laughs> That's hilarious. Have you uh, have you passed down the washing of the truck uh, to to uh, your kids? Uh, 
Nope, I sure haven't. I have not. Um, the story would be so much better if I said yes, but it really haven't. Uh, I still don't understand his obsession with it, but uh, I, I did understand his point about making sure you have a clean truck for a date. So that part we passed down. But as okay. far as washing them every Sunday, no, <laughs> not See, even close. We, we fall from the same tree because my dad was the same way. He washed his, his uh, mom and dad had Hondas. And it was it was a weekly thing of washing the car, and he, then he would wash the driveway afterwards. Oh yeah, right. What's right? that about? I don't understand. I, I never think understood you're allowed that. To do that anymore? No, <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to do that anymore. No, and, and I grew up in Victoria, so uh, you know we we <laughs> we just let the water flow, and I don't think they can, as I say, I don't think they can do that anymore. But that that was just yeah, something that hilarious. parents did back in the day. They just they, yeah i don't know it just always struck me as ridiculous you know i understood washing them but like every week it was nuts yeah. but then he still does it he still does it that's crazy who is bobby wills listening to these days who are you who are who's catching your attention oh, oh that's a really good question uh i have a bunch of like i listen to a lot of different things um and um you know i'm kind of all over the map i still listen to a lot of gold country uh i'm a huge keith whitley fan um, I, I love uh, George Strait anytime, mm-hmm. um, anytime, literally anytime. He can, he can just fill the room as far as I'm concerned. Um, but, but a few interesting, uh, some sort of newer acts that I'm really interested in. Um, I'm, I'm a big Tennille Arts fan. Um, mm-hmm. She has um, just something really, really special about her voice. Uh, and we're really rooting for her. I know she's on the climb now on the, on, uh, in the south end here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but we've been following her for a while and, and, uh, you know, fairly big fans. Uh, and then there's a couple of USX. I'm really, uh, really into, um, Ingrid Andress. Uh, I love her phrasing, uh, mm-hmm. the way she phrases, uh, her, her, her style is so cool. Um, you know, and there's a bunch of them, like really there's a ton of, of, uh, pretty cool music, um, TJ Miller or, or Tyler Joe Miller, mm-hmm. uh, who's actually a label mate of mine at MBM. Yep. Um, I, it, is the real deal. And I think he's going to be a superstar. So he's that, been on this one. podcast. Actually, he was a super nice kid. Yeah, he is a super nice kid. He didn't even know what's happening yet. No, uh, you know, he starts his career with a number one hit and it's like, Oh my gosh. Uh, and he's just all shucks about it. And, and I think that's one of the things I like most about him. Um, you know, I've gotten to know him a little bit over the, the last year and a half and mm-hmm. uh, just a, just a sweet guy, but he's just got such a quality to his voice. Uh, you know, they say you can teach someone to sing, um, but you can't, you know, create the quality of tone. Right. Uh, and in case of Tyler Joe's, that that tone is is uh, what sets him apart. Mm-hmm. How are things have been? Uh, obviously, you know, uh, the topic is still uh, in everybody's front of everybody's mind right now of COVID-19 and the pandemic and isolation. Uh, how's it been for you as, as an artist, uh, obviously not getting out to, uh, you know, to tour this year. So what's been, you know, keeping you connected with your fans? Yeah, well, we do. We try to stay connected with fans uh, via Facebook and Instagram and stuff. And, and admittedly, not my strength. Um, I'm, I'm, the social media is not <laughs> not my strength. Um, but, um, you know, we're just trying to keep new music flowing and trying to give them something to, uh, attach themselves to, uh, we're working towards a concert series, um, that we're going to, uh, hopefully unveil in August. Um, that'll be sort of an at-home concert, uh, series. Uh, one of the big challenges with this stuff is sound, um, sort of right. as we talked about when we start today, uh, it's, it's hard to, um, you know, really create stuff for social media that sounds good. Yeah. Um, and that's 
that's been something we've been working on to try to ensure that, uh, you know, we can put a good product out there. And uh, so we've resisted some of the, you know, temptations to be on all the time for that reason uh, and working towards that. But we are expecting in August to get going on that. Um, and then, you know, the rest of it's just really been um, trying to keep busy. I got lucky, um, you know, uh, you know, as, as, as lucky as you could be under the circumstances. Uh, my wife and I and our youngest were in Nashville uh, in February. Right. And uh, we're, we're meant to stay um, right through the end of March. And of course, we got the call that, you know, you, you need to run for the, run for the border. Uh, <laughs> run before they uh, around, close it. <laughs> yeah, I think it was around the 14th of March, uh, yep. 13th or 14th, something. And um, we had been down writing for this project and uh, we'd, we'd done some demos and had been working uh, uh, with our producer, Eric Dillon, and uh, some of our songwriting uh, uh, partners and friends and mm -hmm. trying to put this together. And um, we sort of got lucky in the sense that I wasn't sure when this record was going to be finished, you know, when the first single would be ready. All of those things were a little up in the air because um, we were really starting from a you know, fresh piece of paper. Um, new producer, sort of new new camp, um, a little bit, just trying to freshen things up. And um, so when we got home, it was two weeks of lockdown. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it was for everybody, but we were in particularly uh, because of the isolation from being in the states. Oh, right. and okay, yeah. So it gave me two weeks to work on nothing but this. Um, and so what we thought would be a project, you know, where we might have a single ready for uh, summer. Mm -hmm. uh, turned into a six song EP that's finished. Wow. Um, so yeah, so it's, it worked really well. And I think that I, I, you know, I really feel like, um, it's the best work I've ever done. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wouldn't wish COVID on any of us again. No, no, I don't think <laughs> uh, so. No. But yeah, no, but as it relates to, you know, our time frame and sort of how it played in our lives, uh, it certainly made making this record a, a priority, uh, an even larger priority than it already was because we had the time. So um, kind of worked out that way mm -hmm. um, really well. And our timing in the Nashville thing was kind of perfect because, uh, you know, we sort of walked out the door uh, right as we were finishing, you know, collecting and writing the songs for this. Mm -hmm. uh, so we still have um, five or six songs that we'd like to go back in the studio here and cut. Okay. Um, to do like a part two or extend the EP. So we'll see how that plays out. But it was it worked out really well. That's awesome. Who would you like to collaborate with that you haven't done that yet with? Oh, boy. That's a really good question. Um, well, I mean, a dream collaboration for me um, would be getting to, um, you know, sing with uh, Leanne Womack or maybe Trisha Yearwood. I think that would be super, super cool. Both those women have such um, unbelievable voices. Right. Um, that, that, that would be sort of the dream collaboration. Um, you know, there's lots of, there's lots of guys. We've talked a bunch around Canada with some different folks over the years. And there's a lot, awful lot of guys and gals that love to collaborate with here. You know, Megan Patrick would be great to, mm -hmm. to work with. Um, you know, Dean Brody and I have actually toured together and sort of had, you know, had some of those discussions, love to do something with him. So, I mean, that list is a long one, I suppose. Right. But but if it was a dream list, I would say probably uh, Leanne Womack or Trisha Yearwood. I, I like your pick. That's really kind of cool. I, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I just love the the emotion that they sing with. Uh, you know, I the reason I love Keith Whitley so much is that, you know, you didn't just hear the music, you felt it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so artists like that are, 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 I sort of cling to that notion that music should also be felt. Let's go back to your first concert. What was it? 
Oh gosh, my very first concert was Van Halen in the Boston Garden. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the I'm trying to think of what tour it would have been. I think it was OU812. Okay. Uh, with Sammy Hagar. Mm -hmm. And I hated it. It was so loud. And <laughs> and the Boston Garden, the sound is so bad in that building. Oh, is it, it was really? so bad in that. Oh, it's horrible. We saw I've seen a bunch of bands there and yeah. Uh, we saw YouTube on the Joshua Tree tour there as well, and uh, now that was, was a great show. It was a great show, but the sound was terrible. But that's just Boston Garden. So okay. I, as a kid, I grew up in in the just outside of the Boston area, and uh, uh, it was that's where we did concerts. But mm -hmm. yeah, OU eight one two. I'm sure, or maybe it was fifty one fifty. I can't remember, but it was one of the Sammy Hagar Van Halen stops. Wow! And it last uh, did it leave a lasting impression on you? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I, the sound was garbage, as I said, but uh, I, I I loved just the concert experience. Um, and I'll never forget the 33-minute, you know, Eddie Van Halen guitar solo, which was wild. Yeah. It, you know, uh, I, I love when guys, uh, when, when, when bands will do that. Uh, and just, that was and, wild. Just battle it out. I saw uh, Zach Brown Band uh, many years ago. Uh, they were at Dauphin's Country Fest. And yeah. it was the first time that we'd ever seen them live. And the guys just played for probably it was a good 20 minutes, just played their instruments. And, and to me, that was just part of the coolest part of the whole show. Yeah. They're, they're so talented that that gang is so talented and, and, and not unlike the Van Halen thing, you got to let those guys show off a little bit, just a little bit advice you would pass on to other Canadian acts that are coming up behind you. Oh, patience is a virtue. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's a tough business. It's really tough. Um, the most talented people I know, uh, and, and this isn't to take, you know, away from anybody that's been successful, but the very most talented people I know are not the ones you hear on the radio. Um, and typically the reason, in my opinion, for that is because they just give up before they get there. Um, and, and I think that there's a certain amount of, um, you know, you just have to keep fighting and keep fighting. And it's a little bit of the last man standing thing where, um, you know, you're as you fight and as you practice, you're going to get better and better and better. Um, and at some point you're going to hit that, that mark, uh, and get your turn. Uh, and most artists don't get there, not because they don't have the talent, but because they didn't have the, you know, the fortitude or the patience. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's very easy to listen to radio and go, oh, my stuff's better than that, you know, especially as you're up and coming, because you really believe that at some level, I think, along the way. And, uh, you learn that that's just not how it works. Um, and patience um, and uh, perfecting your craft is really what you should be focused on. Awesome. Bobby Wills, where do people find you online? Oh, Bobby Wills Music on Facebook, Bobby Wills Music on Instagram, Bobby Wills Music everywhere. Excellent. Bobby, thanks for hanging out. Probably time to go and wash your truck. Yeah, anytime, man. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out. Bobby Wills on Inside Today's Country. Thanks for listening to Inside Today's Country with Tim Black. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This has been a TimBlackOnAir.com production.